Welcome to His Word Heals. This is part two of a four-part series on the Dead Sea Scrolls, Qumran Calendar, and the Samaritans. HisWordHeals.com is where you can hear the entire message. Then Nehemiah 12.26 concludes this section by reiterating again, These were in the days of Joachim, the son of Joshua, the son of Josedek, and in the days of Nehemiah the governor, and of Ezra the priest, the scribe. Nehemiah 13 verses 28 and 29 is where we biblically see the split in the Zadok priesthood. Verses 28 and 29 of Nehemiah 13 say, And one of the sons of Yoyada, the son of Eliashib, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat, the Heronite. Therefore I chased him from me. Remember them, O my Elohim, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Here, high priest Jonathan was skipped, and as we will see, the two brothers being referred to here as the sons of Yoyada, son of Eliashab, are actually Yoyada's grandsons from Jonathan, Yoyada's son, who succeeded him as high priest. In Nehemiah, Jonathan is disregarded or skipped, and his sons are called the sons of his father, Yoyada. We will see why this is in Josephus' detailed account of what actually happened here to cause the split and also the evil that Jonathan, high priest, committed. Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews, Book 11, Chapter 7, Verse 1 through Book 11, Chapter 8, Verse 7, expands on the split of the Zadok priesthood and what the results of this split in the priestly line were. So let's read it. Again, we're going to start in Book 11, Chapter 7, Verse 1 of Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews. When Eliashib, the high priest, was dead, his son Judas... Another name for Yoyada, because we just saw that Yoyada succeeded his father Eliashib in the high priesthood. So Yoyada is the same as Judas here. And he succeeded in the high priesthood. And when he was dead, his son John, which is Jonathan, took that dignity, on whose account it was also that Bagasus, the general of another Artaxerxes' army polluted the temple and imposed tributes on the Jews that out of the public stock, before they offered the daily sacrifices, they should pay for every lamb fifty shekels. Now Joshua was the brother of John. It says here, so Jesus was the brother of John, and I assume that was Joshua, and was a friend of Bagasus, who had promised to procure him the high priesthood, in confidence of whose support Jesus, or Joshua, quarreled with John, or Jonathan, in the temple, and so provoked his brother, that in his anger his brother, Jonathan, slew him, Jesus, or Joshua. Now it was a horrible thing for John, Jonathan, when he was high priest, to perpetrate so great a crime, and so much the more horrible, that there never was so cruel and impious a thing done, neither by the Greeks nor barbarians. However, God did not neglect its punishment, but the people were on that very account enslaved, and the temple was polluted by the Persians. Now when Bagasus, the general of Artaxerxes' army, knew that John, or Jonathan, the high priest, 
priest of the Jews had slain his own brother, Jesus, or Joshua, in the temple, he came upon the Jews immediately and began in anger to say to them, Have you had the impudence to perpetrate a murder in your temple? And as he was aiming to go into the temple, they forbade him to do so. But he said to them, Am not I purer than he that was slain in the temple? And when he had said these words, he went into the temple. Accordingly, Bagasus made use of this pretense and punished the Jews seven years for the murder of Jesus or Joshua. So I assume that is why Jonathan is left out of the lineage leading up to his son in the verses that we read in Nehemiah, which talk about this split of the two brothers. So Jonathan's sons are the brothers that Nehemiah was talking about, but contributed to his father, Yoyada, as his sons, therefore skipping Jonathan altogether. Continuing on in Josephus. Now when John, or Jonathan, had departed this life, he died. His son, Jadua, succeeded in the high priesthood. He had a brother whose name was Manasseh. So these are the two brothers that were talked about in Nehemiah. Now there was one, Sanballat, who was sent by Darius, the last king of Persia, into Samaria. He was a Kuthim by birth, of which stock were the Samaritans also. This man, Sanballat, knew that the city of Jerusalem was a famous city and that their kings had given a great deal of trouble to the Assyrians and the people of Cilicia. So that he willingly gave his daughter, whose name was Nicasso, in marriage to Manasseh, as thinking this alliance by marriage would be a pledge and security that the nation of the Jews should continue their goodwill to him. So Sanballat was a Samaritan. Manasseh and Jadua were brothers, sons of Jonathan the high priest. Jadua succeeded Jonathan in the high priesthood, and his brother Manasseh married the daughter of a Samaritan, Sanballat, who was put in charge of Samaria by the king of Syria, or the king of Persia, I mean. Continuing on in chapter 8 of Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews, concerning Sanballat and Manasseh and the temple which they built on Mount Gerizim, as also how Alexander, and this would be Alexander the Great, made his entry into the city Jerusalem and what benefits he bestowed upon the Jews. This is where it gets interesting. About this time it was that Philip, king of Macedon, was treacherously assaulted and slain at Ege by Pausanias, the son of Serastus, who was derived from the family of Oreste, and his son Alexander, Alexander the Great, succeeded him in the kingdom, who, passing over the Hellespont, overcame the generals of Darius' army in a battle fought at Granicium. So he marched over Lydia and subdued Ionia and overran Caria and fell upon the places of Pamphylia, as has been related elsewhere. But the elders of Jerusalem, being very uneasy that the brother of Jadua, the high priest, though married to a foreigner, should be a partner with him in the high priesthood, quarreled with him. So the elders of Jerusalem quarreled with Manasseh, the brother of Jadua, because he married a foreigner. For they esteemed this man's marriage a step to such as should be desirous of transgressing about the marriage of strange wives, and that this would be the beginning of a mutual society with foreigners, although the offense of some about marriages and their having married wives that were not of their own country had been an occasion of their former captivity and of the miseries they had then undergone." 
So they commanded Manasseh to divorce his wife or not to approach the altar. The high priest himself, which would be Jadua, his brother, joining with the people in their indignation against his brother Manasseh and driving him away from the altar. Whereupon Manasseh came to his father-in-law, Sanballat the Samaritan, and told him that although he loved his daughter, Nicasso, yet he was not willing to be deprived of his sacerdotal dignity on her account, which was the principal dignity of their nation and always continued in the same family. This would be the priesthood. Even though his brother was a high priest, he was still brother to the high priest, so he still had priestly duties that he was not willing to forego. And then Sanballat promised him not only to preserve to him the honor of his priesthood, but to procure for him the power and dignity of a high priest and would make him governor of all the places he himself now ruled, which was Samaria or the Samaritans, if he would keep his daughter for his wife. He also told him further that he would build him a temple like that at Jerusalem upon Mount Gerizini or Gerizim which is the highest of all the mountains that are in Samaria. And he promised that he would do this with the approbation of Darius the king. Manasseh was elevated with these promises and stayed with Sanballat upon a supposal that he should gain a high priesthood as bestowed on him by Darius. For it happened that Sanballat was then in years." But there was now a great disturbance among the people of Jerusalem because many of those priests and Levites were entangled in such matches, for they all revolted to Manasseh, and Sanballat afforded them money and divided among them land for tillage and habitations also, and all this in order every way to gratify his son-in-law Manasseh. So evidently, a lot of priests were married to foreigners, and they also left with Manasseh and went over to Sanballat and the Samaritans, who then built a temple like the temple in Jerusalem up on Mount Gerizim. So Manasseh was brother to the high priest. He was of the line of Zadok, and he married a Samaritan and became the Samaritan high priest. Continuing on. About this time, it was that Darius heard how Alexander the Great had passed over the Hellespont and had beaten his lieutenants in the battle at Grenechium and was proceeding further, whereupon he gathered together an army of horse and foot and determined that he would meet the Macedonians before they should assault and conquer all Asia. So he passed over the river Euphrates and came over Taurus and Sicilian Mountain and at issue of Cilicia, he waited for the enemy, as ready there to give him battle. Upon which Sanballat was glad that Darius was come down, and told Manasseh that he would suddenly perform his promises to him, and this as soon as ever Darius should come back, after he had beaten his enemies. For not he only, but all those that were in Asia also, were persuaded that the Macedonians would not so much as come to battle with the Persians on account of their multitude. But the event proved otherwise than they expected, for the king joined battle with the Macedonians. And of course, again, the Macedonians were Alexander the Great and was beaten and lost a great part of his army. His mother also and his wife and children were taken captives, and he fled into Persia. So Alexander the Great came into Syria and took Damascus. 
And when he had obtained Sidon, he besieged Tyre, when he sent all epistle to the Jewish high priest to send him some auxiliaries and to supply his army with provisions, and that what presents he formerly sent to Darius, he would now send to him. So Alexander the Great sent to the Jews and said, okay, now you're serving me. These are the Jews of Jerusalem. Now you're serving me. Send the presents and everything you would have sent to Darius, send them to me. And choose the friendship of the Macedonians, and that he should never repent of doing so. But the high priest answered the messengers that he had given his oath to Darius not to bear arms against Darius, and he said that he would not transgress this while Darius was in the land of the living. So the high priest in Jerusalem said, I can't go against my word to Darius as long as Darius is alive. That was his answer to Alexander the Great. Upon hearing this answer, Alexander was very angry, and though he determined not to leave Tyre, which was just ready to be taken, yet as soon as he had taken it, he threatened that he would make an expedition against the Jewish high priest, and of course this Jewish high priest again was Jadua, the brother of Manasseh, and through him teach all men whom they must keep their oaths. So when he had, with a good deal of pains, during the siege taken Tyre and had settled its affairs, he came to the city of Gaza and besieged both the city and him that was governor of the garrison, whose name was Babamesis. But Sanballat thought he had now gotten a proper opportunity to make his attempt. So he renounced Darius. Now Sanballat is renouncing Darius and taking with him 7,000 of his own subjects, the Samaritans. He came to Alexander and finding him beginning the siege of Tyre, he said to him that he delivered up to him these men who came out of places under his dominion and did gladly accept him. So this is Sanballat gladly accepting Alexander the Great, for his lord instead of Darius. So when Alexander had received him kindly, Sanballat thereupon took courage and spoke to him about his present affair. He told him that he had a son-in-law, Manasseh, who was the brother of the high priest Jadua in Jerusalem, and that there were many others of his own nation now with him that were desirous to have a temple in the places subject to him, subject to Alexander the Great that it would be for the king's advantage to have the strength of the Jews divided into two parts, lest when the nation is of one mind and united upon any attempt for innovation, it proved troublesome to kings. So here is Sanballat using two brothers from the high priesthood of Zadok to split or to keep split the kingdom of Israel. The Samaritans with their Zadok high priest Manasseh against the southern kingdom of Judea with the actual true high priest Jadua, Manasseh's brother out of high priest Jonathan. Whereupon Alexander gave Sanballat leave to do so, who used the utmost diligence and built the temple and made Manasseh the priest and deemed it a great reward that his daughter's children should have that dignity. But when the seven months of the siege of Tyre were over and the two months of the siege of Gaza were over, Sanballat died. Now Alexander the Great, when he had taken Gaza, made haste to go up to Jerusalem. And Jadua, the high priest in Jerusalem, when he heard that, 
was in agony and under terror as not knowing how he should meet the Macedonians, since the king was displeased at his foregoing disobedience. He therefore ordained that the people should make supplications and should join him in offering sacrifice to Elohim, or God, it says here, whom he besought to protect that nation and to deliver them from the perils that were coming upon them. Whereupon God warned him in a dream, warned Jaduah the high priest in a dream, which came upon him after he had offered sacrifice that he should take courage and adorn the city and open the gates that the rest should appear in white garments, but that he and the priests should meet the king in the habits proper to their order, meaning in the priestly garments. So all the people were to dress in white and he and his co-priests, the high priest and his associate priests were to dress in the priestly garments without the dread of any ill consequences which the providence of God would prevent. Upon which, when he, Jaduah the high priest, rose from his sleep, he greatly rejoiced and declared to all the warning that he had received from God, according to which dream he acted entirely and so waited for the coming of the king, which is, of course, King Alexander the Great. And when he understood that he was not far from the city, he went out in procession. So when Alexander the Great came near the city, Jaduah the high priest and his associate priests went out to meet Alexander the Great in procession dressed in their priestly garments. He went with the other priests and the multitude of the citizens. The procession was venerable, and the manner of it different from that of the other nations. It reached to a place called Safa, which name, translated into Greek, signifies a prospect, for you have thence a prospect both of Jerusalem and of the temple. And when the Phoenicians and the Chaldeans that followed him thought they should have liberty to plunder the city, so this is when the Phoenicians and the Chaldeans that were following Alexander the Great thought they were going to get to plunder the city of Jerusalem and torment the high priest to death, which the king's displeasure fairly promised them, the very reverse of it happened. For Alexander, when he saw the multitude at a distance in white garments, while the priests stood clothed in the fine linen, and the high priest in purple and scarlet clothing, with his mitre on his head, having the golden plate whereupon the name of Elohim was engraved, he approached by himself. So Alexander the Great approached by himself and adored that name, and first saluted the high priest. The Jews also did all together with one voice salute Alexander, and encompass him about, whereupon the kings of Syria and the rest were surprised at what Alexander had done, and supposed him disordered in his mind. However, Parmenio alone went up with him, and asked him how it came to pass, when all the others adored him, he should adore the high priest of the Jews, to whom he replied, I did not adore him, but that God who has honored him with his high priesthood. For I saw this very person in a dream, in this very habit, or this very clothing, when I was at Dios in Macedonia, who, when I was considering with myself how I might obtain the dominion of Asia, he exhorted me to make no delay, but boldly to pass over the sea thither, for that he would conduct my army, and would give me the dominion over the Persians. Whence it is that, having seen no other in that habit or in this clothing, and now seeing this person dressed like this, and remembering that vision that I was given by God, and the exhortation which I had in my dream, 
I believe that I bring this army under the divine conduct and shall therewith conquer Darius and destroy the power of the Persians, and that all things will succeed according to what is in my own mind. And when he had said this to Parmenio and had given the high priest his right hand, the priests ran along by him and he came into the city. And when he went up into the temple, he offered sacrifice to Elohim according to the high priest's direction." and magnificently treated both the high priest and the priests. And when the book of Daniel was showed him, wherein Daniel declared that one of the Greeks should destroy the empire of the Persians, he supposed that himself was the person intended. And as he was then glad, he dismissed the multitude for the present. But the next day he called them unto him, and bid them ask what favors they pleased of him, whereupon the high priest, and this is Jedua again, desired that they might enjoy the laws of their forefathers and might pay no tribute on the seventh year. He granted all they desired, and when they entreated him that he would permit the Jews in Babylon and Media to enjoy their own laws also, he willingly promised to do hereafter what they desired. And when he said to the multitude that if any of them would enlist themselves in his army on this condition that they should continue under the laws of their forefathers and live according to them, he was willing to take them with him. Many were ready to accompany him in his wars. So when Alexander the Great had thus settled matters at Jerusalem, he led his army into the neighboring cities. And when all the inhabitants to whom he came received him with great kindness, the Samaritans, who had then Shechem for their metropolis, a city situate at Mount Gerizim, and inhabited by apostates of the Jewish nation, seeing that Alexander had so greatly honored the Jews, they determined to profess themselves Jews, for such is the disposition of the Samaritans, as we have already elsewhere declared, that when the Jews are in adversity, they deny that they are akin to them, and then they confess the truth. But when they perceive that some good fortune has befallen the Jews, they immediately pretend to have communion with them, saying that they belong to them, and derive their genealogy from the posterity of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh. Accordingly, they made their address to the king with splendor, and showed great alacrity in meeting him at a little distance from Jerusalem. And when Alexander the Great had commended them, the Shechemites approached him, taking with them the troops that Sanballat had sent him, and they desired that he would come to their city and do honor to their temple also, to whom he promised that when he returned he would come to them. And when they petitioned that he would remit the tribute of the seventh year to them also, because they did but so thereupon, he asked who they were that they made such a petition. And when they said that they were Hebrews, but had the name Sidonians living at Shechem, he asked them again whether they were Jews. And when they said they were not Jews, it was to the Jews, he said, that I granted that privilege. However, when I return and am thoroughly informed by you of this matter, I will do what I shall think proper. And in this manner he took leave of the Shechemites, but ordered that the troops of Sanballat should follow him into Egypt, because there he designed to give them lands, which he did a little after Thebes, when he ordered them to guard that country. Now when Alexander was dead, the government was parted among his successors, but the temple upon Mount Gerizim in Samaria remained. 
And if anyone were accused by those of Jerusalem of having eaten things common, or of having broken the Sabbath, or of any other crime of the like nature, he fled away to the Shechemites, and said that he was accused unjustly. About this time it was that Jadua the high priest died, and Onias his son took the high priesthood. This was the state of affairs of the people of Jerusalem at this time. So we can see that Jadua and Manasseh were brothers. They were both sons of Jonathan, the high priest, who was in the direct high priest lineage of Zadok, according to both scripture and Josephus. Jadua succeeded his father Jonathan as high priest in Jerusalem, while Manasseh married Sanballat's daughter, who was a Samaritan. And he then became the high priest of the Samaritan temple on Mount Gerizim after he would not divorce his Samaritan pagan wife. Manasseh was also a son of Zadok and son of high priest Jonathan, brother of the high priest in Jerusalem, Jadua, who was also the son of Jonathan. Hence, the Samaritan line of the quote-unquote sons of Zadok begins here. This is where the line of Zadok split. Manasseh became an apostate high priest in Samaria at a temple on Mount Gerizim, while Jadua, his brother, was the legitimate high priest in Jerusalem. Now let's listen to some of a Dead Sea Scrolls lecture by Gary A. Rensberg, and this comes from The Great Courses and is narrated by Gary A. Rensberg as well, and you can find this on Audible. And we're going to listen to a part in regards to the similarities between Samaritan writings and the writings of the Dead Sea Scroll community rules. We're all out of time, but you can listen to the entire message at hiswordheals.com. <laughs> 